to On the Block with Stricken Bach on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. We're back on the block. Once again, we thank all our listeners for joining us on the block here on 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com, and joining us on the block with Stricken Bach is my partner, my friend, my brother, my man, my homie, my ace, my boom coom down like four flat tires, Said Sabalas, the great Said Sabalas, man. We thank you for joining us on the block today, man. We're going to talk a little bit about Mavs, playoffs, game sevens. There were seven game sevens yesterday. We ain't going to talk about the hockey side of it, five of them, but there was definitely two in the NBA that uh, we thought would hope would maybe be a little bit closer, but they ended up not working out that way. And uh, so being that you and I both played with the Mavs, you also playing with Phoenix and had an opportunity there. We'll start with the Mavs Phoenix series. And uh, just a quick couple of notes there is that uh, this is the second straight year that the Suns have lost a playoff game. uh, Sorry, not game, but series after having a 2-0 lead where they won the first two games against the Bucks, also in the finals. And uh, last season, after losing four straight, they come up short in game seven here. Another note to take a look at is Luka Doncic and uh, Spencer Dinwiddie were the first teammates to have at least 20 points in a half in a game seven since Patrick Ewing and Allen Houston did it for the Knicks in 1997, where we were both present. So tell us about, tell us about the, uh, the series, how you thought it would go, who did you have, uh, in this particular series, uh, being that you are out in Phoenix, and 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 what do you think of the Mavs and the poise that they show going into a hostile environment and doing it the way they did it? Well, first of all, so the, uh, I wouldn't consider these two game sevens. They were not game sevens. They were just regular exhibition games, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, um, you know, two of the teams did not show up and, and did not show up in a big way. Uh, I don't know if it was the pressure. I don't know if it was a situation, but it just not, didn't show up. Let's start with the Mavs uh, and and the Suns. Uh, I didn't have. I don't have any uh, chosen team that I, I I root for. I played for the Mavericks. I played for the Suns. I worked for the Suns. I worked for the Mavericks. Uh, so either one, you know, good friends with both owners, uh, good friends with both presidents, GMs, everybody. Know I know the young players. Even played with some of the you know, the, some of the older guys in there. So I didn't have any sway on, but I did want a positive game seven. Uh, I showed up to um, uh, the Suns Arena, and from the from beginning, I want to say great move. Hats off to Jason Kidd. Come on. What, and then people don't know about mm-hmm. this part of it. He, 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 did a, he did a Popovich, and he did a Jerry Sloan, rest in peace. He switched baskets to where they warm up mm. that was the only game the only game mm. and, and you saw the the frustration you saw everything on their face uh even before the game started it was that's the stuff we can't see that's stuff we don't see we, i yeah. mean I'm, I'm i'm sitting over there with mark cuban and and uh tim hardaway jr and uh, uh, God, sham God, and we're and, and we like look at the, how mad they are. They have to switch baskets. Like, yo, that worked. And and from the beginning of the game, they just was out of pocket. They just did not have it in sync. They just were not together. And that might have been uh, pushed back from Game Six in Dallas. The momentum changing. 
Uh, a lot of, you know, a lot of social media memes right now are saying the, the, the series was lost when Devin Booker took the ball from Luka Doncic and Luka was like, what are you doing? Like, okay, uh, so you want to play? And they say the same thing with Boston. Uh, when, when, when Giannis dunked on Horford and then looked at him crazy and Horford was like, mm, okay, okay, so we playing now. So that's what we doing. Okay. So that might've been the two, but, but you saw the frustration and, and, and just discombobulated of the Suns in warmups because they switched baskets. So great move, Jason Kidd. I thought also that, uh, in this particular series is that we saw a lot of inconsistencies, amongst uh, some of the role players, right? We knew Luka was going to show up. For the most part, you knew Booker was going to show up. You you, you you thought Chris Paul probably would have had a little bit more of a consistent game, whether it be in assists or whether it be in scoring, but to have ter- more turnovers and points and to have, uh, you know, just a lot of those different things happening in that Phoenix Suns series, for them, uh, you know, you would have thought Macau Bridges and, and the likes of them probably would have played a little bit better at times. But... Um, you know, the same thing was happening with the Mavericks. That's why each team at home had taken care of business because it just was a lot of inconsistencies other than Luka Doncic. They didn't yeah. seem to take advantage of the uh, Aiden mismatches at times. And so now um, you find them coming into this particular series, and I, that's a great point I didn't know about because that can throw you off. But I talked about this. They jump out on you. When a road team and you're at home, because the pressure's really on you. The yes. pressure's on you at home. Yes. And when a road team jumps out on you, talk to us about what that pressure then shifts even more on on the uh, home team, and then what it what it's like to begin pressing, trying to get back. So everything is a try to get back, and then once it then compounds, so a ten point lead turns into a twenty point lead, just like that. How does that? How does that? Happen? Well, well, first things first. The road team on on a game seven is playing with house money. They have nothing to lose. They're supposed to lose at home, and and that's been the situation with this this particular series. All the home teams have won their games. Nobody had run a road win. So you coming in playing with house money, you're relaxed, you're chill. You don't, you know, if we lose, no problem. We weren't predicted to be here. Uh, we made the big per- trade for Porzingis, Scott. Dinwiddie, Dinwiddie's been working out for us. Uh, we lost Tim Hardaway Jr., who would have been a great asset to this this uh, conference uh, mm-hmm. uh, tournament. Um, but I, I think you have to go back to last year. Uh, my my particular opinion is, you know, it's the luck of the draw for the Suns. Uh, first round, Anthony Davis goes out. Your number two player. Mm-hmm. Next round, uh, uh, you know, Denver goes down. Their number two player, uh, Murray. Uh, next round, Kawhi Leonard goes down. Their number one player goes down. So their trip to the finals were based on injuries. Uh, Chris Paul, this is, you, you know, you talked about this is the the, uh, the teams being up 2-0. He, he's been in that situation six times. This is his sixth time, and he's lost every All time that. being up 2-0. So I'm not putting the pressure on Chris Paul, but I, what, I'm, what I'm saying with Chris Paul is – He's never been that far. He went all the way to the finals, game six, against Milwaukee. Uh, you exhale and have to start right back up again. I think the biggest thing was pain mm. because Chris is 37. He turned 37 a couple of days ago. That's a lot of work. He's, his body has never worked that long before. Mm-hmm. And then it's, a, it's that long and at 37. So I thought that pain's uh, – the turnovers that the young bunch and that and he's in control of that young bunch. The turnovers, I mean, it was twenty plus seventeen plus turnovers. I mean, eighteen. They had games where they lost 
where the turnovers were just ridiculous. And I just thought the playing around the celebration was a little too much. And his role was a lot bigger, you know, mm -hmm. it's ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, when you're on that basketball court, it, energy is maximum. You want the energy that brings you the, the, but, but your conditioning, you don't condition to scream when 20,000, you can't train to match that. So when you go about and playing and you're screaming and you're yelling and you and all this fourth quarter catches up to you, it catches up to you. And I thought that he should have controlled himself more. Uh, Devin Booker really surprised me a lot. I mean, he really played well, but you know, you got to put honest words. Dude. Jason Kidd did a great job game seven, taking the ball, triple teaming, do whatever it takes to get the ball out of Devin Booker's hands, making it rough for him. Uh, Luca is going to be Luca. Dinwiddie was Dinwiddie. And then you add the fact that uh, Doran Finney-Smith and, and uh, Jalen Brunson shows mm -hmm. up and then Maxi had a threat, even though he didn't have a lot of threes in that game, but the other games that he had big threes, it made the defense rotate a little bit different and, and take away from their stars with Luca, you know, having 27 points more than the Suns entire team in the first half. He had more points than the entire team. So give credit where credit is due. They did a great job of relaxing, playing with house money, uh, the adjustments that Jason Kidd did not do from, from game one to six that he did in game seven on. If Devin has the ball, he's not going to be the one that beat us. Let somebody else beat us, and it worked out just perfect for the Mavericks. It's, it's kind of interesting, maybe because of the blowouts. Um, a lot of the talk today has been about Patrick Beverly and his appearance on ESPN. I don't know if you saw too much about that, um, but he's really going off on CP3 uh, and uh, and even throwing <laughs> uh, throwing some Milwaukee Bucks players on the bus too for their loss. Grayson Allen specifically, um, and then you kind of had some clapback from Damian Lillard, even Matt Barnes, a former player, um, because uh, I I think maybe impartial because uh, Patrick Beverly kept kind was kind of trying to speak on behalf of NBA locker rooms. Um, do you? think that that's kind of par for the course and trash talk and in the NBA playoffs is just kind of something you got to get used to or do you think that there's you know Patrick Beverly is, is the guy he is is kind of rubbing people the wrong way with his his comments yeah I think he's rubbing people the wrong way and I think he's setting himself up uh for post career you know uh with these outrageous things that he does uh you know uh, time and time again you know uh, Eric you can attest to this you know, doing the right thing doesn't always get you a show, doesn't always get you the program, doesn't mm -hmm. always get you that attention. Saying something out of the ordinary, you know, gets you on the show. And there's people that are on those networks right now that are terrible at their job, but they say something outlandish, so people want to hear that. So it is what it is. It's just like, you know, people hiding behind their Twitter button, you know. Facts. I can say whatever I want to, you know, and, and I don't have no repercussions to what it is because obviously nobody knows where I am and they're not knocking on my door. Um so Patrick Beverly, you know, he's, you know, he works hard. He, he wants to feed his family. He wants to uh, win basketball games for his team. Uh, you know, little emotion behind uh, him and Chris Paul uh, being in Clipperland, uh, not be able to stay. He probably wanted to stay in Hollywood, Tinseltown. It didn't happen. Who knows? I mean, he just probably poking the bear. He's got an opportunity to poke the bear. And, uh, you know, you put him on a big stage. You think, you know, especially when you're sitting, sitting across from Stephen A. Smith, you think when you're sitting across from Stephen A. Smith, you got to act like Stephen A. Smith. But, you know, you, you're in the locker room, Pat. And you know, yeah. you're in the locker you know room. And, uh, you know, you know, it's uh, with the rules and regulations, it's almost uh, impossible to guard anybody. So to jump on Chris Paul and say he can't guard nobody, calling him a cone and all that. 
it's just, you know, just one of the ways Patrick is kind of just, you know, being Patrick. He's poking the bear, and, and hopefully it'll help him uh, next time he plays Chris Paul. Chris Paul get into a wrestling and an arguing match with him, and he could take advantage and get a win, Mally. Absolutely. So, said what we're going to do is we're going to take an earlier break. We're going to take a, a quick break here on the block at 93.7 The Ticket. We're going to come back. We're going to talk Boston and uh, Milwaukee and finish out the segment. We thank you for joining us on the block. We'll be right back after this on the block with Stricken Bach.